Hello and good evening and welcome to uh, round two, podcast two of two of the episode Religions, Regimes and Refugees, the Multicultural Mess and Secular Scam. The podcast number two is Who is the Khalistan Movement? It is a follow-up to uh, my earlier podcast, Who is Justin Trudeau? And we're talking about the Khalistani movement and what exactly it is. So for a lot of people who don't know, uh, I've been asked, and we've been asked these questions, can someone tell me what the Khalistani movement is? So for people who think it started like, you know, in the 1980s and 84, you're wrong. Basically, it started um, when the Sikh empire fell down and they wanted to revive it. Obviously, there's a small movements that rose up. Uh, but it basically took shape in 1947. In 1947, uh, when Jinnah asked for Pakistan, okay, Jinnah, Gandhi and, and Nehru did not get along. Uh, we know that. And because of the antagonism of Gandhi and Nehru, they pushed Jinnah away. And because they pushed Jinnah away, he ended up being so antagonized by the arrogance of Gandhi and Nehru um, that he asked for Pakistan. Um, he committed a genocide. He called for a genocide until he got, uh, he got, his, um, he got his, what he wanted. Um, he, was, he didn't start this separatist movement, but it was the antagonism and the arrogance of those two, Gandhi and Nehru, that brought us to this level that we are today. Unfortunately, uh, Jinnah went ahead and asked for um, a genocide, but he wanted, because he, what he wanted was the entire Punjab, Chandigarh, all the way up till the gates of Delhi. So he wanted Pakistan border till Delhi. You open, you close the door of the Pakistan gates, and you, you know, you'd open the door and you'd go right into the capital. Now, which government would allow you to have their border at their capital doorstep? I mean, you've got to be stupid. But that's what Jinnah wanted. He wanted obviously the whole of Kashmir, but you know, he said he would go, he would get it through his jihadis, uh, which in those days were called tribals. Um, so he didn't really push for it when once uh, once he uh, because he wanted to do it quietly under the table when the british were gone he said the british will go they won't have the army anymore or they will pakistan will have control of the army they'll just send the army send the tribals and they knew that you know they would overtake india because they were more forceful and 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 uh, you know uh, hack job basically they they were more um, uh, murderous than the Indian armed forces. And so they went, they said, we, they wanted Kashmir, they wanted entire Punjab, they wanted Afghanistan, Afghanistan, remember Pakistan was supposed to be PA, A was for the Afghania. They wanted Afghanistan, they did not get Afghanistan, they wanted Baluchistan, uh, they wanted Punjab, and they wanted, until the doorstep of Delhi, and at one point, they even wanted the province of Awadh, which is modern-day Uttar Pradesh. And they wanted Bengal and Assam. So the northeast was Bengal and Assam. They wanted all of it. They wanted Bangladesh, modern-day Bangladesh, which is part of Bengal. And this is what basically they wanted. And uh, to say that 
you know, this went down easily, nicely, was wrong. So we know that the British didn't give in. We know the, the provinces did not vote the way Jinnah wanted. And we know uh, that the Congress did not give in. So they had a war. Now, in Punjab, what people don't understand, there were three main groups. One was the Punjab, the Sikhs. One were the Hindus and one were the um, Muslims. The Muslims were numerically the, the, the highest number. Not by a, a lot, but they were still numerically high. The Hindus were the, the next. They were a little bit less than, than the Muslims, but they were less. However, the Muslims, the Hindus, were economically more powerful. They controlled all the businesses, the shops, all the economics was controlled by the Hindus. The Muslims were the slaves of the mullahs. The mullahs controlled them, controlled what they did. They took hafta from them. They had a percentage of everything. They made sure that the, 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 the Muslims remained their slaves, so to speak. They controlled their minds with the halal, 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 haram. And they, they literally controlled their minds. And so they were not able to get up from the stranglehold of the mullahs and so they were not very rich they were always more poor not to say that they were not rich people they were but not as much as the Hindus in Punjab and the smallest of them I think were around 16 or 17 percent I'm not sure of the percentage but the smallest percent was the Punjab or the Sikhs the Sikhs at one point did not want to separate but if they said if you're going to separate we want a separate province for us too now obviously this ended up in a tug of war it ended in a bloodbath and it ended in a genocide Punjab was uh, partitioned into two instead of three one part 60% or 70% went to Pakistan and uh, West Punjab became uh, sorry East East Punjab became India. Uh, now, a lot of people say it was the British who antagonized them, British, the British, the British. I'm very sorry. Uh, I do not agree with that for the simple reason is that the British uh, rule administered this province, okay? Uh, from all the provinces, Bengal was one and, and um, I don't think Bengal was completely theirs, but Punjab was there. And Punjab was pro-British. Very important to understand, Punjab was pro-British. They invested, the British invested heavily in Punjab. Uh, that's why a lot of Punjabis were in the armed forces of the British Empire. And a lot of Punjabis and Sikhs went to World War I, World War, I, World War II. A lot of the Maharajas and the big businesses in, in Punjab uh, allied with the British, uh, had the British as their uh, protectors. The British protected these kingdom, these small Maharajas. Uh, Captain Arminder Singh, um, who was the last uh, Congress CM of, uh, of Uttar Pradesh, of Punjab, his grandfather or great-grandfather, I'm not uh, sure, was an ally um, of the British. Even when the Jallianwala Bagh massacre happened, a lot of the Punjabis supported the British uh, from Shias in Punjab, from Captain Arminder Singh, um, Arminder Singh, I don't know his name correctly. Um, his grandfather or great-grandfather supported General Dyer. Uh, a lot of uh, Hindus supported them because they were all pro-British. So it was not the lie that the British antagonized them was wrong. It was the antagonism was between Gandhi and Nehru uh, and and Jinnah, and once Jinnah made up his mind, that was it. Jinnah's mind was made up, and and 
India was partitioned. Obviously, there was a bloodbath. In that bloodbath, uh, there were Sikhs killing Hindus, Hindus killing Muslims, Muslims killing uh, 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 Muslims killing um, uh, Muslims killing Sikhs, and everyone was involved. No one was, uh, no one survived. No one was saved. We had a lot of. Uh, Sikhs killing their own daughters uh, to avoid them from being raped uh, and and their honor taken away. But look, uh, let me tell you, um, it, it it was a mess, okay? And we know that the Sikhs lost a lot, half of which went into Pakistan and half of which came into India. Um, Obviously, there was trauma and the trauma did not go. Uh, but neither did they forget their Khalistan. Um, by and large, the Indian Sikhs stuck with the Indian state, but the Congress was not very nice to them because they knew the Congress disliked the British, but they knew that the Sikhs were pro-British, that Sikhs were not pro, uh, pro-Congress. Uh, the, the Sikhs and the Sikhs leaders at that time did not like the Indian National Congress. Um, Okay, uh, because they knew that Congress was antagonizing the picture. They knew that the Congress was causing the issues. Uh, They did not want Punjab to be broken into two. And they were not interested in allying with the Congress at the same time. They had their own political parties at that particular point. Um, But um, they had to side with India when they won Indian territory. Now, during this time, as Pakistan was forming, they got the Sikhs with them, but they also started quoting the Sikhs because they did not forget about Pakistan, did not forget that they wanted the entire Punjab into their landscape. They wanted uh, the entire Chandigarh and the place up to Delhi. They wanted Kashmir. So they were going to use the Sikhs against India to rake up trouble. They knew that uh, and they were promoting, uh, they were using the Sikhs slowly by slowly by slowly. The movement was not very strong at that point, but they were still courting the Sikhs. Then then came the 1965 war. And after that, uh, then came the 1970s war. Uh, 1970s, the war in uh, the genocide in Bangladesh, then East Pakistan, um, where no one came to help. And when no one came to help, guess what? Indira Gandhi had to send her troops, uh, the Indian troops, and uh, East Pakistan was, uh, you know, seceded and Bangladesh was born. West Pakistan, now modern day Pakistan, was so angry, so pissed off, and they realized that the Allah was not good enough because the Kufar won over the Allahs. Um, And so they, they said, well, you know, we're going to teach them a lesson. And because of that, they promoted and they used the Sikhs as proxies. They funded the Sikhs. The ISI, Pakistani ISI, funded the Sikhs lock, stock and barrel. And that's why in the 70s, 80s and 90s, you had the insurgency. You had the insurgency in, uh, in Punjab funded by the Pakistani ISI. So without the Pakistani ISI, there would not be any Khalistani movement. Now, during this time, obviously, India was cracking down on them. So a lot of these people went and, and found space in, in the United Kingdom. They found space in Australia. Uh, they found space in, uh, in British Columbia, in Surrey, Brampton, in Surrey, BC, in Brampton, Ontario, and other places in Canada, English-speaking places. But they're also in Quebec, let me tell you that. Um, they're also in the United States. 
They have offices everywhere, and they are uh, their only goal is to uh, to spearhead the charge to separate in Punjab, the Indian Punjab, from India, and and fight for a separate Sikh state. Now, the the question here is why, if you want a separate Sikh state, you form the western part of of Punjab. That means the Pakistani Punjab. Why don't you ask the Pakistan for their Punjab back in return? Why do you want the Indian Punjab? After all, 80% of the Punjab is in Pakistan. So if you've got guts, why don't you ask Pakistan? Because they don't have any guts. They only have guts against those who are weak. And we know that the Hindus are weak. We know that the Indian state is weak. The Indian state is not a jihadi state. The Indian state is not a colonial state. The Indian state does not go and invade other people's lands except to protect its own. They will only protect its own. The the Indian state is not a state that goes into other people's lands and say, I'm going to take it over. What's theirs, they will protect. Um, And this I was told by Arabs. I'm not talking about me. So... um, in the in the seventies and uh, and eighties, uh, their goal was um, not to invade Pakistan, but their goal was to protect their Punjab. But um, the 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 uh, Pakistani Punjabis, the Pakistani Sikhs, now called the Khalistanis, uh, were funded by the Pakistani ISI to form a separate state only in in Indian Punjab. Why? Because they were not really caring about the Pakistan about the Indian separatist state. They wanted. They were doing the dirty work of the ISI. That's why the ISI was not going to let them sit, settle down on their land and secede their land. They're used as insurgents. It's a front. It's a proxy front for the jihadis Islamists, funded by the Muslim Brotherhood. And who is the um, who is the ally of Trudeau? Guess what? The Muslim Brotherhood. Uh, he's the they are the ally of Trudeau. I I said earlier. In 2010, the Muslim Brotherhood was in alliance with Saudi Arabia. In 2010, they broke up. 2011, you had the um, um, you had the Arab Spring, and then they were looking for new alliance partners. And guess who they found? They found Trudeau. So Trudeau had to sing the 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 tune of the Muslim Brotherhood. The Muslim Brotherhood and its allies, alliances all over the Indian subcontinent and everywhere else. Uh, wanted to take over the Indian subcontinent and make the Indian subcontinent Islamic. Now, obviously, if they're going to go in, everyone's going to say, oh, the Muslim terrorists, Muslim terrorists, because they have a bad name already. So they use a front. They use a proxy front. Who's the proxy front? Oh, the Sikhs. Why? Because the Sikhs are fighting from their own homelands because the Hindus are fascists. So a Muslim cannot say Hindus are fascists because we know that the Muslims have invaded. Islam has invaded. They've got a bad name as colonial invaders. But the the Sikhs are not invaded. The Sikhs are local to the land. Not to say the Muslims are not. Of course the Muslims are. They're just Hindus who've been converted. But the empire has come from outside. They can't say the Sikh empire has come from outside, but they can say that the Sikhs can say, oh, well, the Hindus are mistreating the, the, the Sikhs, uh, justice, uh, justice for Sikhs, Sikhs for justice. But they're not Sikhs, they're Khalistani uh, separatists funded by the Pakistani ISI. So they can be used as internal proxies to spread propaganda around the world and to fund terror. Now, 
Obviously, in the 90s, 80s, um, uh, India cracked down on them and uh, they had to spread all over the place. And so that's why they spread and resettled in Canada, uh, one of the places. Now, the, the thing over here is um, why has a, a lot of Canadians think of that and a lot of world thinks that because of the 1984, uh, because of the 1984 uh, Blue Star operation where India uh, invaded, or should I say, uh, barged into the Golden Temple and killed Sikhs, uh, that this movement started from there. No, it did not start from there. Uh, a lot of Canadians think that because it was Indira Gandhi who invaded the Golden Temple and killed the Sikhs, that the Sikhs are angry and the Sikhs are fighting for justice. No, the Sikhs are not fighting for justice. This is just propaganda. BS, uh, ISI propaganda, just very much like they spread propaganda about Kashmir, when in reality, they were the real militants. They were the ones funding the terrorist outfits. They're the ones funding uh, proxy uh, wars. They're the ones funding uh, the uh, Khalistanis. Uh, the issue here is... Um, it's the proof that this group uh, was, it had not started or, or was not uh, antagonized with the 1984 Operation Blue Star is that in 1982 itself, the then Indian government, spearheaded by the Prime Minister Indira Gandhi, had spoken to, um, had spoken to uh, the, the government of, of in the government of Canada, led by Pierre Trudeau, who was Justin Trudeau's father at that time, and she had asked for the extradition of Pakistani of uh, uh, I, Khalistani ISI operatives. Um, I think the name was Parmar, and she had said that these people are funding terror outfits, are funding insurgent groups, are training militants. We want them extradited to India. Trudeau turns around, uh, Trudeau Sr. turns around and says, um, well, the Pakistan, well, India is not very uh, much, uh, is, is not um, in alliance with the, uh, with the British monarchy because Canada is a monarchy state, a constitutional monarchy. The Queen is the head of state. So Trudeau used the excuse that uh, India is not friends with or, or not in alliance with the um, British monarchy. And so we cannot help India extradite anyone. We can only extradite people who, are, who follow our British laws, which was BS completely because Trudeau Sr. and even Trudeau Jr. is supposed to be, uh, is said to be, I really don't know if it's true, but it's said to be anti-monarchist. Both of them do not want the queen as head of state, or now the king. Uh, they don't want the king nor the queen of head of state. Um, they absolutely uh, want, I've heard that they want the anti-monarchist. So the question of, oh, them not being uh, in alliance with uh, the Brits and the, and the Queen of England at that time, uh, and so they cannot extradite uh, Canadians, uh, was all bull. In reality, according to me, again, it's my opinion, Canada is an alliance with America, with the United States, okay? The United States is overtly... in alliance with Pakistan in the 1980s and even until recently. They're overtly in alliance with Pakistan. 
because they are in alliance with Pakistan, uh, they are friends with Pakistan and they are funding Pakistan to uh, to run the uh, the Afghan war in in against Russia against the Soviet Union. Now, because they are funding the Soviet war, they cannot. Uh, they cannot tell, allow their allies, which is Canada, to extradite uh, Pakistani, uh, ISI-funded Pakistani Sikh militants to India because that would be against their alliance. The, the, the Americans would be blue-faced with that. Americans won't know what to tell the Pakistanis. The Pakistanis would be furious and be you know, stamping on America's door saying, you're sending our people, uh, our proxies to India to get killed um, and to, fa- to face justice when we're doing your dirty work. We, we are uh, you know, parading ourselves and, and, killing, and putting ourselves, our sons on the, on the front line to fight your war or to fight in, in reality the Kashmir war which they wanted uh, but you're giving up you're not allowing you're not reining in your partners in Canada who are extraditing uh, Khalistani terrorists so in my opinion it was the Americans the, Trudeau could not go against the Americans at that time as a result of which they had to say no to the request of of uh, of Indira Gandhi guess what Indira Gandhi gets killed in 1984, and in 1985, the same guy Parmar was, master, was the mastermind behind the blow, blowing up of the Kanishka blow, bombing of, on the Air India Kanishka flight in the Atlantic Ocean, where 320 plus passengers were di- died. But no one really cared because they were of Indian origin. Trudeau doesn't care about them, neither the father nor the son. I mean, they care about Canadian citizens. Of course, those people were Canadian citizens, but of Indian descent. So that is not a problem. That is the truth which Melanie Jolie talks about. We want the ultimate truth. The ultimate truth is that you're funding terrorists. You're allying uh, and abetting terrorists who are openly using your sovereign territory to um, destabilize another sovereign territory. You do not recognize other people's sovereign territory. How do you expect them to return the favor? And this has been done by Trudeau Sr. and Trudeau Trudeau Jr. Now, most Canadians think that all these problems started in 1984 with the blow up of uh, the, um, with the the Sikh uh, invasion, with the Indian army invading the uh, Sikh temple, the Golden Temple. And this is the propaganda that has been spread around. Oh, but in 1984, the Hindus created a genocide in in, uh, the Sikh temple. But guess what? They did not. Okay, this did not start in 1984. It started much before that, and Trudeau and the Canadian government was advised, uh, advised and asked to cooperate with the Indian government. They did not do it in 1982. As a result of which, um, they did not rein in these Sikh terrorists in 1982. As a result of which. Um, uh, Indira Gandhi had to take action against them because she had no allies in power. She had to take absolute action against them uh, with Operation Blue Star, and that's why Operation Blue Star happened because the the Sikh terrorists were being funded by the Pakistani ISI. The Sikh terrorists, the, sorry, the Khalistani terrorists were funded by. Uh, 
America, uh, via America, they were fund, they were being supported by Canada, they were supported by the United Kingdom. So all these people had ganged up against India and against Indira Gandhi. And what do you expect Indira Gandhi to do? Give them caviar and, and you know, um, and champagne? Say, oh yeah, of course you want to break up my country. Sure, of course, here, take, here's a bottle of wine and champagne and caviar. It's not going to happen. She had to do something, and kudos to her, she did it. Now, it was, it was a botched-up affair, obviously, but no operation with military is going to be neat and dandy. You're not going to have some nice little dandy saying, oh, here's a bouquet of flowers, would you like to come out of the Golden Temple? No, there were insurgents in the temple, there were uh, um, terrorists in the temple, they were planted in the temple specifically as bait, so that the Indian armed forces come after them. And when the Indian armed forces come after them, they were going to blow it out of proportion and make a huge propaganda about it and say, see, the Indians are killing, the Hindus are killing the Sikhs, the Hindus are killing the Sikhs. In reality, it was a setup. And they admitted it on TV. One of the ex-Pakistani ISI agents, I, I remember a while ago admitting it, I don't have a copy of it, but admitting it on, on YouTube saying, um, they raked in some disgruntled Indian Khalistani Sikhs who were in the armed forces, in the Indian armed forces, uh, who were disgruntled with the Indian armed forces, who cut off their pension and, and labeled them as terrorists, although they were working for the Indian armed forces. But these disgruntled Sikhs then went to Pakistan, allied with the ISI and the Khalistani movement to teach the Indian uh, armed forces a lesson, as a result of which they said, I'm going to sh we're going to, uh, we're going to, um, um, turbo boost this movement and we're going to take it global and we're going to make the whole world do it but we're going to do it in a, in a, in a different way to the back door so we're going to send we're going to send militants to separate to run a separatist uh, war movement where we will we will create a civil war sort of a direct action day uh, 2.0 um, an absolute civil war uh, the Indian army will come in, will attack the temple, and you will use those images to spread around the world to show how the Hindus are attacking um, the Indian, the ISI and the Sikhs. In reality, it was a setup by the Pakistani ISI and the Khalistani movements to, as bait to get the Indian armed forces there. Now, Operation Blue Star led to a lot of civilian deaths, which was regrettable. And these people are martyrs in my mind. They saved India. They gave up their lives so that India could be saved. And my hats and my, my condolences to them and my hats off to them for our freedoms that they give us today because their sacrifice is second to none. Um, but if Indira Gandhi did not, it did not take her arms send in Operation Blue Star for the Sikh, to the Sikh temple, there would be more deaths. There would be a huge civilian genocide. It would have led to a genocide like that in Bangladesh. It would have led to an up to a direct action day 2.0, 3.0, which we would have five times more deaths because of the civil war that would have ensured uh, speared on and funded by the Pakistani ISI, and as a result of which, um, Indira Gandhi, in my books, saved the day, okay? She gave her life. I'm, I'm not a pro-Congress fan. I'm not a pro-Indira Gandhi fan. I really liked her when I was young. I have to say, 
I liked her when I was young, okay? I may not like all her politics, but you have to give credit where credit is due. Uh, she saved the day, okay? She paid the price with her own life. She, Indira Gandhi paid the price with her own life. Those civilians in the Sikh temple, in the Golden Temple, paid the price with their own life. But um, uh, unfortunately, um, they died. Uh, but they saved the day. They saved the civil war in Punjab. And they saved an absolute direct action day 2.0, which would have happened if Indira Gandhi did not uh, step, uh, step up to the, her, her, the ranks. And what is important to understand that she was working alone. We were surrounded by China who did not like us. We were surrounded by a Pakistan who were funded by the Americans who did not like us. We were, we were surrounded by the Western bloc of the US and Europe and Canada who did not like India as a result of which she had to take some action. Whichever action she took, there was going to be loss of life. But she kept it to the minimum. She did not take it to the maximum. Um, and unfortunately, uh, we had to pay the price. But this is what happened. Now, what was the worst was the aftermath of the 1984 uh, riots that happened. That I was a young girl. I remember it. Not completely, but unfortunately, it, it's there etched in my mind. Those riots should not have happened. That was the 1984 riots led by the Marxist Communist Party of, uh, Marxist Party of India the Indian National Congress, which are now trying to say, oh, the Manipur rights, the Manipur rights. Well, they had, they had no, they couldn't stop. They were the ones behind the 1984 rights, but they, they have the balls to talk about the Manipur rights now. But the 1984 rights that, that uh, ensued afterwards was unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, that should never have happened, but it happened. We have to acknowledge it. Um, and uh, it was the Indian National Congress who took their revenge. But that was going to happen also because we're cycles, like I said. Violence doesn't stop just because you get off the, uh, the battlefield. Violence continues like currents and waves. And so you never start violence because it will never stop. The cycle will continue until the wave comes to the end. So you never, ever, ever embark in violence. Violence is not a solution, my friend, to any situation. And, and this is very important to understand. If we can come to terms, we can have that conversation. If you can understand that we are on the planet together for a very short time, um, we don't have to be violent. So uh, unfortunately, uh, violence insured and, and there's a huge loss of life. I remember that like it was yesterday. But Indira Gandhi saved the day because what would have ensured would have been more violence, a bigger civil genocide, a bigger civil war than we could have ever imagined if she had not done anything for it. So on that note, look, I'm going to support uh, Indira Gandhi on that particular event, although I'm, I don't agree with the loss of life to what it came to. But that is what it is, and that's how the the the... The separatist movement went on. It's still funded by the Pakistani ISR and it's still funded uh, by the Muslim Brotherhood. Obviously, they do not like Modi. We all know that. But this is the propaganda they have spread in Europe. Modi is fascist. Hindutva is fascist. Mo the BJP government is fascist. So they've spread this propaganda. Hindus are killing Sikhs. Sikhs are minorities. Sikhs are activists. Sikhs are fighting for justice. Uh, um, the BJP and the Hindus are fascist. They're killing everyone. Look how they've killed the Canadian citizen, they're fascist, they're this, they're that, uh, um, you know, 
Indians are bad, Indians are fascist, Indians are horrible, but uh, this is the propaganda they have spread for so long that people have bought into this. So when the Canadian Prime Minister comes out with, oh, India's hand is behind the killing of uh, Niger, uh, uh, the Sikh guy Niger, well, obviously, if you've laid a foundation of propaganda, hollow propaganda that's absolutely ignorant, they don't know their history, they don't know their policies, they don't know um, the currents that form the waves, you're going to have this. People are going to b believe this. And so Trudeau, it is his vote bank. He's pandering to his vote bank. He has spread nine years of Islamophobia, uh, of racism, Black Lives Matter, xenophobia, victimhood. Hindus are bad, Hindus are wrong, Hindus are fascist. Modi is fascist, Modi wants to kill everyone. Modi, 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 Modi. And now the Indian hand and Modi's hand is behind the killing of an innocent Sikh fellow. Uh, that's propaganda. And Canadians, unfortunately, buy what they see on TV because they don't know anything better. They are fed with the rhetoric. They don't know anything. They don't know history. Uh, they don't know geopolitics. Uh, leave alone geopolitics of the Indian subcontinent, which is very difficult to understand. They don't know geopolitics of Canada and the United States. What do you expect? So is he going, my, 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 the question I was asked was, is Trudeau going to win again? Look, at this particular point, if the elections were held together, no, he's not going to win, okay? But the elections are two years, and he's going to play this victim card, I'm there for Canadians card, I'm there for, I'm there for Muslims card, I'm there for minorities card, I'm there for the Sikh victims of Hindu injustice, of Hindu this, of Hindu fascism, of Hindutva fascism, and he's going to play, 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 play this card. He will have more tricks up his trade, and guess what? His poll numbers will rise, and anything can happen in two years. But this is exactly where he is. The, the economics will go down, but not his antics and his uh, liberal propaganda machine will rise. And unfortunately, he has gotten millions of, uh, of refugees and, and immigrants. All he's got to do is give them a nice little Canadian passport, even though it's, you know, they may not have the right documents, like Niger, who's apparently, he came in here on a false passport, on a false, um, he came into Canada on a false passport, he was rejected, he then married within eight days a, a Canadian, uh, another Canadian immigrant, Indian of Indian descent, who also came in the same year in 1997 and married another Indian on the ground. So she married an Indian, divorced him, then, di then got married to Niger, Niger, and Niger obviously then starts, then has the right to now stay because he's married to a Canadian resident. And over that, over that, over time, he finally manages to um, finally get Canadian citizenship. Or well, so they say, whether he's a real citizen or no, we don't know. Uh, but Trudeau says it, it doesn't matter if he's not Trudeau, we'll just give him a passport, there you go. And basically at the end of the story, um, he, they can say what they want. Um, but he is supporting openly the Palestinian uh, terrorists. Now, you will say, but why is he supporting them? Because he, that's his World Bank. That's his base. If he doesn't, if they don't support their World Banks, the Palestinians go up to him and the Muslim Brotherhood goes up to him and say, look, we're taking off our money, we're taking off our votes, you're not going to win, we're not going to give you a vote. And if he doesn't get these people of color votes, he has nothing. 
because the white Canadians don't like him, even a lot of immigrants now don't like him, but because his economic policies have got there, he has, has left them with no money. So, you know, you may sell me, sell me a, a people of color, a poor little immigrant, at the end of the day, I have to pay my bills. And a lot of these Khalistanis and Sikhs are, are thinking the same thing. Look, I gave you my vote, but my, my, my food bill is double, my electricity bill has gone up, my mortgage is triple. What am I going to do? How am I going to give you my vote anymore? But that's the end of the day. This is what Trudeau is. He doesn't give a crap. He doesn't know sweet nothing. He's not even running the country. At the end of the day, this is it. But the damage is already done and this goes on cycle after cycle after cycle with every single woke government leftist government ideological government who's supporting openly terrorists now you say okay fr uh, hate speech or oh, sorry freedom of speech does freedom of speech allows you to spit on another prime minister uh, fund terrorist activities in a sovereign nation no then why are you doing it because you're pandering to your base if, for whatever reason, these Khalistanis did it against the Muslims, say they went to the Muslims and say, oh, the Muslims are bad, Muslims are this, Muslims are that, would, would Trudeau keep quiet or would Trudeau say, oh, no, freedom of speech? No, he would talk you hate speech, he would slam you as Islamophobia, and he would, he, he would degrade you, he would lose your job, and there we go. He would kick you out of the country, there we go. So it's okay to do it for one group, but not okay for the other group. Why? Because he needs the other group. He doesn't care about hate speech. He only cares about pandering to his base and who's funding his politi uh, politics and his campaign. So that at the end of the day is his democracy. He doesn't really care about hate speech. He doesn't care about freedom of speech. He cares about pandering to his base. And if his base wants something, he will do it. Uh, even if it's it's absolute terrorism, if they are if they are going against the sovereignty of a country, they think that oh, it's not going to come back on them. Well, what do you think? You own the world? Are you God that you think that the covenants will not form the waves? That if you, you break someone else's, you actively endanger the sovereignty of another nation. That nation is not going to come back and, and do something to you, or you're going to get it back in some way or the other. But excuse me, but what were you thinking? Especially with your economics in the in the doldrums, and to say that you know he 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 really cares. Here's point number two. There was someone called Karim Baloch, uh, a Pakistani Baloch uh, activist who was in um, who was uh, in Canada. Um, she was a refugee. She was a Muslim, and this is the time where where she was going Islamophobia, Islamophobia, Islamo, Islamophobia. The Muslims are being hurt. The Muslims are being killed. Hate speech against the Muslims. He was running this propaganda. Um, Karim Bus uh, Karim um, Baloch was a Muslim. Why did he, she was drowned, found drowned in somewhere in Toronto? Uh, why did she, uh, why was she killed? Who was she killed by? No one knows. Apparently he says, oh, it's a minor issue. It's not important. But why? She's a Muslim. You have a, you have a fantastic case to scream Islamophobia. Why are you not saying anything? Because she's against the Pakistani state occupying uh, occupying uh, Baluchistan, and Baluchistan wants a separate state, very much like the Sikhs. So why are you not talking about that? Because they, they, Trudeau doesn't really care about Baluchistan, nor about the state, uh, Sikh separatist state. He cares about his votes. 
and his votes are being supported by the Muslim Brotherhood and the Muslim Brotherhood is supporting Pakistan so they're not going he's not going to support Pac uh, any insurgency in Pakistan these are his allies so he really doesn't care about freedom of speech he doesn't care about hate speech he doesn't care about um, any movement at the end of the day he, even if his father was thrown under the bus and people were, were shaming his father with uh, placards uh, with blood of his father on the streets, he would not. Ex he he wouldn't mind because at the end of the day, it was his. It's his vote bank. His vote bank wants something. He's going to deliver it. That's democracy for you. My, in a nutshell, it's not about what's right. It's about what's getting me my votes. It's appeasement. Even if you're 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 selling your country and you're you're going backwards instead of going forwards, you're remaining in power. That's corruption in a nutshell. That's why we leave our countries to come to a better country. But apparently, this better country has now taken so many people from these corrupt nations that it has to be corrupted. It has to go forward because it's a democratic country. Democracy is not about evolution and being better. Democracy is pandering to your base, and it is the biggest problem. A sovereign. Uh, it is the biggest. Um, uh, um, you know. Um, what can I say? Issue and the biggest problem to sovereignty. It's the biggest flash in the pan and um, sovereign, um, you know, um, dent in the armor that uh, you could use democracy to, to break a country from the inside. All you got to do is migrate, get a passport and, and be involved in, in, seek, in, in increase your, your demographic numbers. Then you can buy off the government and here we go, the government will fall. Um, you'll have your vote bank politics, you'll have corrupt politics and you'll have a huge debt and you won't be able to pay it. In 50 years, there will not be a Canada if this goes on. But hey, Justin Trudeau doesn't care because Justin Trudeau just wants his appeasement. But in a nutshell, that's what it is. Unfortunately, that's the truth. Um, that's the truth that if, uh, Melanie Jolie, the, the foreign minister of Canada, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not sure if she's the foreign minister of the home minister. Uh, I really don't care at this point. Um, um, she wants the truth. They're on three points. The truth, she says, is one of the first points. Well, this is the truth. Uh, they're pandering to uh, terrorist elements and, f and fundamentally align them to divide and destabilize another state. You will get this back in your face because your currents and ways, it's your currents that form the ways. But who can tell uh, a drama teacher uh, who's, who's is on the road to destroy his country at the, at, for the only reason of staying in power, well, go figure. Um, you know, uh, on that note, I'll let you go. I'll let you do your research. I will let you put the two podcasts together. Please share it with your friends, your family, your social media groups. Have that conversation and understand what's going on. And basically, long and short of the story, uh, important to make your own opinion. But remember, never use any violence. Stop the violence in your homes and you will stop the violence in your streets. Stop the violence in your streets and you will stop the violence at your borders. At the end of the day, this, these conversations are to heal and to make us better, to learn and to stop that violence. Uh, on that note, I let you go. I thank you for your time. I wish you all the best. Cheers. Stay safe.